Real Men Feel with Andy Grant encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been told, all emotions do serve you. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now let's get to it. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to another episode of Real Men Feel. I am your host, Andy Grant. I'm a coach, healer, author, and men's group facilitator. One of the most common things I hear from men, be they a one-on-one client in a group or just guys on the street, is a desire for better relationships. Now, sometimes that's code. It's polite code for sex. Uh, it could be you know better sex, more sex, any sex, depending on that man's situation. So let's talk about sex. My guest today is author, mentor, and speaker, Michael McPherson. Michael is a pioneer in the realm of sex energy and sacred sexuality. He empowers men and women to heal their relationship with sex and reclaim their sexual power. He is the author of Everything You Never Learned About Sex, Take Back Your Masculine Power, and Use Your Sex Energy for Good. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm happy to be here. And I think that is the most times I've said sex in uh, one (laughs) paragraph in my life, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, well, you're not alone there. (laughs) So... Let's just jump right into it. How how did you find yourself on this path of focusing on sex energy? That's a great question. And if I had to answer honestly, I would say it was born out of my own life experiences, my own challenges. Honestly, I had a lot of challenges in this particular area of life. And in 2017, when I came into union with my beloved Mackenzie, that's when I decided for myself, like these things, these patterns, these behaviors that I have can go no further. And at that time in my life, I was looking around for a mentor. I was looking for another man in my life who is leading a conversation about sex, who is talking about sex energy, how we as men can cultivate this part of ourselves in uh, a uh, more mature way. And there just wasn't anybody out there. I couldn't find that person. So I decided, well, it must be me. If there's no one out there having the conversation, then I might as well start it. And in 2018, I started my own podcast. The third episode of that podcast was titled Sex, Michael Tells All. And it was this grand revealing, this really vulnerable revealing of my sexual history and my insecurities and my shame and the things I experienced when I was young. And people really resonated with that podcast. I mean, it's years later now, and I still get emails from people that listen to that podcast. Mm. And that's when I knew, you know, it was me. I was the guy. I was going to be the sex guy. I had to talk about it. And so that's where this journey really started for me. Cool. How or, or is sex energy different from sex itself? Yeah, that's another really good question. Uh, sex energy is actually something that we're born with. It's a primordial energy. It's an energy we're gifted to by our creator, whatever, you, whatever name you want to give to your creator. Um, sexuality is obviously something different. Sex is something different. Sex is as simple as all the right things going into all the right places. And obviously there are different ways to do sex. Um, but I always describe it as sex is do sex energy is what you feel during the act of sex. So we've all had the experience of being aroused. Let's say arousal is a heightened state of energy. When you feel aroused in your body, you go from a 110 to a 220 volt outlet real quick. It feels, you feel electric. So where does that energy come from? What is that energy? Well, I say that that's your sex energy. 
Okay. And is that, is that feeling of sex energy, is that distinct from feelings, emotional feelings? Definitely. Yeah. I, I would say it's distinct from your emotional body. Uh, it's not necessarily connected to your heart, although the point is to get it connected to your heart. And I would say that your emotions, of course, are very connected to your heart space. Cool. So you said that, that going into this path was a result of your own experiences. So were your earliest sexual experiences, were, did you consider them to be healthy ones? You know, I, my first sexual experience was a healthy sexual experience. I'll never forget the first time I ever masturbated. I literally thought I had discovered magic. It was just like, oh my gosh, how did nobody tell me about this? You know, like I, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And then what was right there after that experience for me was fear. I grew up in a Catholic household, so we were very conservative and pretty reserved around emotional expression and certainly conversations around sex. I didn't have any conversations with either one of my parents around sex. Uh, what I did have was uh, in sixth grade, a big burly uh, police officer who used to come into our class and teach us sex education in which he'd show slideshows of all the horrors that children should really never have to see, right? And so that was my exposure to sex up until my first experience. And then after my first experience, I feel like I could talk to anyone about it. I was like, man, I just had this incredible experience. Who can I talk to about this? Like, I didn't feel confident to talk about my friends because what if they already knew? And I was the newbie, the new kid on the block who had just figured it out. What if I talked to my parents and it was this super embarrassing exchange and I would regret it for the rest of my life? So I personally ended up resorting to pornography because I grew up in the first generation with virtually unlimited access to internet porn. And that was my first exposure. I went there initially with the intention of learning. I thought it was a safe space that I could go to to actually learn about sex without actually having to be in an awkward situation with another person. Um, but what I found out really quickly is you get everything there. And so that started my journey down this path with the exposure of all the explicit sexual imagery that you can get through pornography and then quickly becoming addicted to that behavior and that pattern. So uh, I do not recall the first time I masturbated, but I, I do know that my experience was a little different from, from the other guys in, in my life. I was an only child raised by a single mom. So I certainly knew about touching myself and could, could uh, you know, feel physical sensations. But I was like pretty like late in my teens before I ever had an orgasm. Like mm. I didn't, I didn't know that there was this end result, right? <laughs> it was like, yeah. like hey, again, like you, like no one told me this. How come they? You know? uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but I remember, like I, I, uh, you know, I might have been like seventeen years old by then. You know, it just felt like, it, I just, it felt like a late discovery to me somehow. Um, it was yeah, pretty interesting. But I was really young, and I, yeah, no one tells you what happens, right? So. When it happened, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, like trying to get out of the way and not make a mess. And just like, you know, there's really things in life that you can't plan for. And this <laughs> is one of them. Cool. So I, I've done some past shows talking about porn addiction. And, you know, it sounded like you, 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 you described, I think you said you became addicted to it. And again, it, it, when I grew up, it was like the woods, the magical woods always had some supply of old porno magazines in them. It, it was pre-internet. Yeah, yeah. And, and so it was, you had to go some more effort. But again, every 
everyone knew where they could see something. Every guy had an uncle who had a basement full of porn mags or something. There was always, and everyone knew about that and passed things around. But does porn have any place in, in healthy sex energy? That's a great question. No one's ever asked me that. Uh, I think, you know, it probably depends on the person. My, my intention with what I teach and the things that I talk about is not to shame porn. I think there is definitely a darker aspect of porn where there are things connected to it, like human sex trafficking that is, you know, not in our best interest, certainly not in those people's best interests. And I, I think a lot of people end up in the porn industry, not necessarily by choice. It's kind of like a last stop. Uh, but in terms of people's personal use, I think everyone's different. I personally don't align with it, but I know heard i have never experienced it personally but i've heard that there are actually some forms of conscious porn that are out there where it's not abusive it's actually uh, tender it's showing uh, rather than violence it's showing two people loving each other mm. i've never seen it uh, but i've heard that it's out there and, and something like that could potentially be good for someone i'm, I'm not sure okay and in the subtitle of your book it, it, you're using the frame um using the term sex energy for good Mm-hmm. So before we get to the good, what, what what does sex energy for bad look like? Like, what are some of the examples of that in the world? Yeah, well, sex energy is a creative energy. It's one of the most creative energies that we have uh, as human beings. So it kind of goes hand in hand with our creative expression as humans. That's why the experience of creating something or birthing something or um, bringing something new to the world is kind of like the experience of arousal or having sex. It's like this very energetic, heightened, uh, almost like aroused feeling. You know what I mean? So they're, they're very synonymous, very close together. Um, but sex energy is a real energy that we devote to. For instance, if, if I'm taking my sex energy, activating it and devoting it to something like pornography, that's what I'm giving my creative energy to. My creative energy is what gives life to things. You know, if I, before I work on a creative project, it's nothing. Once I give my creative energy to it, it becomes something and later becomes physical and finds its expression in the world, right? Well, the same is true with porn or anything else from the spectrum of things that we could potentially give our sex energy to. It's something that we're giving our creative life force energy to. So if we're devoting it to something that's entirely bankrupt or something that's causing somebody else harm or something that's a huge distraction for us and actually disempowering to our brain chemistry, disempowering to our physiology, then that's probably not such a good thing. Okay. So anytime a man is creating something, be it, be it writing a book or working construction, that, is, that man is using his sexual energy. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Which let's, you know that you don't actually have to be having sex in order to experience your sexual energy, which a lot of men don't know. Mm. And that is a a paradigm shifting moment for people when they figure that out. It certainly was for me. And I, I think the pigeonhole that a lot of men fall into is, you know, we're sexual creatures and we have sex energy before we have our sexuality, before we go through puberty, you know, sexuality is not a part of our life, but sex energy is. And so we have all this energy, all this creative energy that when our sex hormones come online, all of a sudden we're trying to filter all that energy through our sexuality, which is actually such a very small part of our life. I mean, we spend, I think I did the math once, it's less than uh, 0.05% of our life actually having sex. 
but how much of our energy goes towards that? A lot more than 0.05%, right? Whether we're thinking about it, whether we're masturbating to porn, whether we're making love to somebody, whether we're out chasing girls, going to the club, trying to get laid, a lot of energy goes into that. Well, this energy was actually meant to be expressed in all areas of our lives, Hmm. not just our sexuality. In another area of our life, that's a really beautiful area of our life that we can express it in is our creativity. What happened in your life to, was there one moment that you realized this or was it years of, of exploration and creativity that you realized, oh my God, it's the same energy or like, how did that show up for you? Yeah, that's a really great question. I love your questions. Uh, so I met my beloved and again, it was like the line in the sand for me. Shortly after coming together with her, we started sitting in plant medicine ceremonies, uh, specifically ayahuasca. That was my first introduction to plant medicines and working with um, Aya. She was the one that initially exposed me to my sex energy. So I'm sitting in the ceremonial space. Actually, at this point, I was laying down and she activates my sex energy and I feel it moving through my body. I, I feel it rising from the base of my spine. I'm starting to feel incredibly aroused. My body is lifting. I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'm experiencing all the pleasure uh, from my sex energy rising within me. And then all of a sudden I have this thought like, oh shit, you know, I'm, I'm in this room full of other people. Like, what if someone else sees me having this pleasurable experience? Are they going to think I'm a monster? Are they going to think I'm a freak? Is the shaman going to be like, dude, come on, pull it together. It's not what you're supposed to be experiencing here. So I, I got to see like my programming around shutting down my own sex energy and not being comfortable with it being activated inside of me and, and having this relationship to it where if it was active inside of me, my impulse was to try to get it out, like try to get rid of it, you know, and that's a lot of men's relationships to sex is as soon as they feel horny, it's like, oh, I got to get rid of it. I got to get it out. I got to release this energy where she was showing me that this is actually a part of me. It's a sacred part of me. It's a part of me to honor and uh, that I could experience it out sexual space and that it was actually really profound. So she, in a way, forced me to experience it. But that was when I realized, wow, this is not just tied to sex. It's actually distinct from sex. Oh, yeah. I I mean, I've I've done ayahuasca once and I still remember that first sensation starting to climb. And for for me, it felt like just Mother Earth was just coming through me and I was becoming one with the planet and and, uh, the plants. And it was really cool. And um, I was just joyous. I was like laughing. Everything was hysterical, but I couldn't communicate to anybody else. <laughs> the yeah. Experience. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, right. yeah, but I, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely loved it and felt creative and alive and aware of being on multiple dimensions for the first time. That so it's off. I found that it was, uh, things that people often talked about. I experienced. Yeah. And that was very sacred and holy for me. So it's, so uh, profound. yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, I've done holotropic breath work as well. Have you ever done that? Yep. Yeah. So and I always thought, boy, if if we just went to high schools and taught breath work to people, like no one would use drugs. Like all these amazing <laughs> feelings and sensations are right there ready. We just like wipe out the need for addiction or anything. But yeah, that's also like one of the most powerful ways that people can work consciously with their sex energy too, is with their breath. Mm, yeah. It felt like a myth to me, but but growing up it was like if you had a sexual idea and urge, like oh you better act on it. You know, like you had to. It was almost like this. There was an immediacy to it. But you're saying harnessing that 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 allows creativity to flow into everything you're doing. 
Yeah, if you think of it in terms of energy, so energy can either be built up or it can be depleted. And typically our relationship to this energy is anytime we feel it, we either act upon it, which we have sex or we masturbate or we release and disperse or get rid of the energy. Where I try to teach men to have a different relationship to it, where instead of the relationship being feeling the sex energy, wanting to release it or wanting to circulate or want to get rid of it, keep it inside of your body because it's energy. So the more energy you can hold inside of yourself, the more powerful you can be. And it's also a creative energy. It's, it's how we magnetize experiences to ourselves. Everybody knows about the law of attraction, but nobody knows that it's actually connected to your sex energy as well. When you're holding your sex energy inside of you, which doesn't mean you're not releasing ever. It just means you have a little bit more empowered relationship to it. You're circulating this energy inside of you. You actually have greater magnetism. You have a greater ability to do work in the world, which is what energy is, right? The ability to do work. But when we're constantly depleting ourselves by releasing this energy, we basically leak it everywhere in our life and we diminish ourselves of the ability to harness this energy consciously. Hmm. So beyond the difference or even the existence of this sex energy being apart from just the physical act and, and desires, what are some other common things that most men have never learned about sex? Um, I would say the first thing is it's not just a physical experience. You know, when we interact with another person sexually, all aspects of ourselves are included. So our physical bodies are obviously merging, but so are our emotional bodies. So are our mental bodies. So are our spiritual bodies. People have probably heard of what an aura is. When you overlap your aura with somebody, you're having an energetic exchange with somebody whether you're consciously aware of it or not. So sex is really one of the most intimate energetic exchanges you can have with somebody. And so you might want to pick somebody that you want to have an energetic exchange with, right? And the same is true for women. You don't want to be just, you know, sleeping around or pulling anyone into your bedroom because, you know, in a certain respect, they get some of you and you get some of them. There's an exchange. So that's one invitation to be a little bit more conscious about it. The second thing is we have the capacity to experience what I call God through sex. So while there is the physical pleasure of interacting with whether it be a man or a woman uh, and feeling the electricity of that experience, feeling our pleasure sensors responding to that experience, there is a way to harness that energy to open up different aspects of ourself you know like you said when you were working with ayahuasca you felt your multi our multi-dimensionality let's say you felt yourself existing in other realms you can have that same experience during lovemaking you can come together with someone harness your sex and energy consciously bring intention into that space space breathe consciously while you're having a sexual interaction with someone and literally touch the essence of God. Cool. And if, if we can do that, why wouldn't we? You know, that's like an all expense paid vacation from the whatever of the world, you know, because most of our existence is not that heightened experience. It's just basic human stuff. So, so is, that's another thing. Is part of this notion of, 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 you know, not just having an energetic exchange with just anybody, 
uh, part of like treating yourself as the divine being that that you are and and realizing your own energy is something sacred it shouldn't just be you know is it i want to think, how do I best phrase it is like is it a low self-esteem a, a, a vision of a wounded self is that what kind of at least one thing that can lead to people just you know having physical sex, sexual energy, just like you mentioned leaking it about or just throwing it about or not noticing, not caring, not being aware. Is that all come from kind of a, um, a less divine or not, not seeing God anywhere sort of a, an existence? I think it comes from a lot of different places. I don't think we're really set up for success in this area. And I think there are a lot of things out there that um, disempower us, you know, that we have a, a society and a culture that's built around basically a, a synthetic kind of sex, a fake sex, you know, big breast, uh, plastic face, the, the high cheekbones, uh, the skinny waist, the big butt, you know, there's like this whole culture that's built around a synthetic sexuality that's not even real, at least not for the average person. And so that's kind of what we're trained to become attracted to. And so by the time we reach adulthood, we're seeing those images everywhere, especially now that we've got technology the way that we do. You can just pick up your phone, get on one of your social media accounts, and there it is. It's all right in front of you. It doesn't even have to be a porn site anymore. It's everywhere. And so when I say leaking energy, it, just, it doesn't mean um, just like releasing. It can mean you know, when you're looking at something, let's say you're looking at an image of a woman and you're projecting your sex energy onto her. You're imagining having sex with her. You're looking her up and down. That's, in essence, you leaking your sex energy. Now, you're not going to have sex with that person, right? (laughs) Chances are you probably don't even know them. uh, But you're giving your life force energy to it, which means you have less for yourself to have the kind of experience that we're talking about here. And so why I like to teach men to really cultivate this energy inside of themselves is because when you do engage with someone sexually, you have the ability to bring more energy to the experience, which is going to help you reach greater heights, if you will, in the experience itself. I hear from a lot of guys that they kind of like, they just see themselves as, as biological machines almost like I have yeah. thousands of thoughts of sex all the time. I have more thoughts and sex drive than women. They don't get it. I, I need to have sex with everybody. I see is, <laughs> is that, is, is there any truth in that? Or is that someone not taking responsibility or awareness? What, what is that coming from? Yeah. I think if we look from an evolutionary perspective, there's some truth in that. There's a drive to spread our seed, if you will. This is something that I talk about in my book, and this is how all life procreates. So you have to have that drive in order for two beings to come together, to have sex, to make love, to create a new person, right? Otherwise, um, none of us, no new people are going to show up on earth, no new animals and no new anything, really. Everything is having sex. Uh, So yeah, from an evolutionary perspective, uh, that true, but we've also evolved since our humble beginnings as hominids. And though we're still technically, you know, homo sapiens, uh, we don't have the same relationship to each other that we had, you know, 200,000 years ago. So the idea is to evolve our relationship to this energy and use it for different things if we can, because it's really not a productive thing to spend our life trying to procreate when you know, we're not even out there actually procreating anymore. The purpose of sex, if the, if the purpose of sex was only to procreate and men were only having sex to procreate, 
you probably wouldn't be having sex that often. You know what I mean? What do you see as the purpose of sex? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different purposes. I think one of them is to, to procreate, obviously. I think anytime we're having sex, we're actually creating something, whether we conceive a physical child or not. Again, you bring two people together and you access and harness the most powerful creative energy that we have. When you bring intention to that, you can consciously create. So the question becomes, what do you want to create? This is something that I still ask my beloved and she asks me every time before we make love. What's your intention? What do you want to create together? So you can actually create things, whether it's your something personal you want to manifest your life for your life, your dream house, your dream vacation, whatever. Or you can go to work and approach something much bigger and, and attempt to manifest something on a larger scale, maybe for the collective itself. Maybe your intention for making love is that people experience uh, love inside of their hearts that people know peace in a time where there's a lot of conflict on the planet. Uh, so it sounds yeah. like you're kind of saying uh, you can uh, make your vision board and, and bring it to bed and have sex over your vision board and kind of bring manifestation and attention uh, more together. You really can. I mean, they call it sex magic for a reason. You know, it's, it is a magical energy. And while I can't necessarily draw a straight conclusive line for cause and effect, you say this, you will produce this result. I can tell you I've had personally very unbelievable and magical experiences utilizing our lovemaking space in this ceremony in that way. So does masturbation take away from all that potential? Is that, is that kind of a waste of, of not being in union with, with another person? I don't think so. You know, a lot of us spend time being single. It's like we shouldn't have to punish ourselves until we find somebody because some people don't find someone until they're 45, right? And that's not a whole lot of fun. I think it just matters the intention you bring to the experience. You know, if your intention is to get off, then great. You know, that's nothing wrong with that, but it's probably not going to lead to a whole lot of fulfillment. But if you bring the intention of, oh, having a meditative experience, and I don't mean to be uber spiritual here, but when you, I teach men how to do a lingam massage, which is basically masturbation with intention. And what I teach them is not to release. So rather than focusing on the end goal of ejaculation, relax, breathe, definitely keep yourself stimulated, keep yourself erect, but allow yourself to breathe and actually feel the energy inside of your body because that's, that's the experience that you're actually looking for. That is the heightened experience. That, that's what feels good. That's the place you want to live in in life that higher energetic like wow this feels amazing and as soon as you release that's over so don't so it sounds like it's kind of, it's making me think of enjoy the journey not the destination and exactly especially men we could be so focused on the results and that's all so like let me quickly get to the results totally and it teaches us how to receive and that's another uh purpose of sex is to learn how to receive uh, Typically, insects or in love making, we're receiving pleasure, but a lot of us have a lot of blocks around receiving pleasure. And if we have blocks around receiving pleasure, then we probably have blocks around receiving support, and we probably have blocks around receiving abundant lives. So it's not so compartmentalized. I say how you do sex is how you do anything. So if you allow yourself to receive pleasure during the act of love making, then you're probably going to be more likely to allow yourself to be received to receive support from divine or universal forces when you need it. So when you say how you do sex is how you do anything, are you speaking 
of more the energetic level, the actual physical act or, or combination? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a combination. So if you're having sex and, and you're experiencing shortness of breath, you're not breathing, you're tense, you know, your whole body is gripping, you're focused on an end goal, maybe you're in your head projecting sexual imagery in your head. Um, let's see, what else can you be doing? You're grinding your teeth, you know, if that's one way to do it. And so that's probably how you show up in the world. Let's say you're creating. If you're creating, and we compare it to what I just described, you're probably hunched over, your shoulders are tense, you're probably grinding your teeth, you're uh, in your head just trying to get it out. So it's very similar, those two experiences. So if we can learn to relax during the act of lovemaking, if we can learn, again, performance is another big thing for guys. The, the need to feel like we're performing or the need to perform to impress a woman right. that translate in, translates into other areas of life as well. But if we can breathe and slow this process down and enjoy it a little bit more and relax our body and open ourselves to receiving pleasure and include all parts of ourselves, including our emotional body and our hearts and really connect with someone from the space of intimacy, we're going to have a whole different experience and it's going to impact every other area of our life as well. So that's why I say, and I'm a really uh, profound proponent of doing this space differently because it translates into other spaces of our life as well. Right. Yeah, we talk on this show a lot about the masks that men wear and the lies that we tell ourselves. And so, yeah, so I, I, can, I can really see it's most obvious to me. And if, if you're a man and you're during the sexual acts, you are just concerned with your performance. How are you coming off? What is, what is she thinking about you? Then right. you're probably wearing masks a lot of the time and you're, you're not being totally. yourself. And you're not even interacting with that person. You know, you're interacting with yourself, even though you're having sex with that person. Yeah. You know what you're, I mean? You're not actually relating to them. You're right. You're, you're, you might be putting on your porn persona of what you think a man is supposed to be doing at this point and thinking about it and grading yourself or imagining that you're being judged by somebody. Um, totally. All these things that distract you from your own energy and creation and intention. Which I think that's really important that you mentioned that because that's a big thing for a lot of us men to heal. It was a big thing for me because when I was exposed to pornography, what did I see? I saw really tall, chiseled, muscular men with huge penises. And, you know, I looked at myself and said, well, that's not me, especially not at that age. And so I immediately felt insecure and felt like I didn't have what it took to pleasure a woman, or I didn't have what a woman needed in order to experience pleasure. And so my whole life was set up to be a giant compensation for what I felt like I didn't have in the beginning when really that wasn't true. Like that is one of the big lies and misconceptions around men that what we have isn't good enough that we, you know, what we were given is perfect for us. And that there's a way we can relate to our package, our body that will have us have a profound and fulfilling experience of sex and intimacy and lovemaking that doesn't have to be what we saw or what we were exposed to at that age, you know? So we talked a lot of different misunderstandings, misconceptions. Does anything that you've shared or something that you haven't shared yet kind of bubble up as the main misconception that men have about sex? Hmm. Well, I think we just bring a lot to it that I think it's mostly our conditioning, honestly. I think it's mostly our conditioning that we bring to it that's keeping us from having the level of fulfillment and satisfaction that we actually desire. 
you know, there's only so much satisfaction that you can get from releasing. And you can release and 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 release. And it's, you always need more and you're always feeding the dopamine cycle in your brain and you're trapped, you know, this, this, this part of life that's meant to feel incredibly empowering and liberating has trapped us into thinking, believing that this is the only way to go about it. So I, for me, I think a lot of it is about undoing our conditioning and especially as we, for heterosexual men, as how we relate to women, because we learn to relate to women as sex objects and we learn to think that they approach sex or think about sex or feel about sex the same way that we do. And they are entirely different creatures than us. And so it, it's in our best interest to, to get related to what's true for them as well. For the average American man, does conditioning mean porn, society, movies, culture, or other, other elements that go into our conditioning about what sex should and shouldn't be? Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, those are the big ones. It's pornography, it's media, it's imagery, it's movies, it's culture, it's pop culture, it's music. It's all these different things. I mean, our, our, unfortunately, our entire culture is kind of based upon it. But once we get the conditioning, uh, what happens to a lot of men, what happened to me especially, is we act upon it. And then we develop shame in some aspects. So whether you grew up in a religious household or not, along the way, we do acts or perform acts or do something sexually that we're ashamed of. And so there's, there is the need to go back and revisit that and heal that. And I think that's probably a big starting point for a lot of men. Is there a, a, a simple, effective way that you can share that, that a man might explore or feel his shame to get past it? Yeah, I, I think it's sharing with somebody that you trust. I mean, in, in all honesty, when I was young, because of the exposure that I had to porn, at one time in my life, I actually tried to penetrate my family dog because I was so interested, so curious about what it felt like. I wanted to be ready for the real thing. And so that was the one thing that I carried in my life that I thought I would never tell anyone. That was my sexual shame. And it came when I was young. And it was also in the back of my mind, anytime someone would give me, uh, anytime someone would praise me, anytime someone would see something good in me, I'd say, oh, if you really knew me, if you really knew what I did, you wouldn't think that way about me. Right. And everyone's got, I've done so much work with men and women at this point. I know for a fact, everyone's got that one thing that they think if they tell someone it's going to ruin their reputation, it's going to ruin their lives. And that's, what's actually killing us. Mm. The fact that we're not sharing that. And I'm not saying you got to share it with the world. You don't have to be like me and, and talk about it on podcasts. The only reason I can say that now is because I've said it so much, right? There's not the same vulnerability around it. But for someone who's got something and they haven't shared it yet, find someone you trust, find someone you love, or hire somebody to share that with. Because I guarantee you the, the freedom that you'll feel from speaking that to somebody and just hearing them say, you know what, that's actually really normal. Or you know what, that's actually not as bad as you think it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I do this for a living and I've heard a lot of people share something really similar. Yeah. Just to yeah. see the weight come off of somebody is really profound everything is far more common than if you've had it, you just, you know, it's horrible as judge. I'm the only person that's ever felt this way. And it's, yeah, it's just like you said, it's just not true. 
Right. And, and I find time and time again, working with clients that if there's anything you can't say out loud, it owns you. Totally. Yeah. It's absolutely true. The same is true in this area of life as well. Beyond healing your shame, beyond recognizing your conditioning and, and be willing to, to smash it, really. Uh, do you have any other tips for maintaining a healthy and sacred relationship with sex? Yeah, uh, breath work is a big thing. So you already mentioned it once. I think the more we can harness our breath, the more we're going to relax our nervous system. The more relaxed our nervous system is, the more relaxed we'll be able to be in an intimate setting, whether it's sexual or not. So I think a, a great starting place for men is picking up a breathwork practice. So whether it's holotropic breathwork, like you mentioned, or whether it's something else, just go for it. It's a way to nourish our nervous system. It's a way to nourish our body. It's a way to show up more of ourselves in any space that we walk into, not only the sex space. Um, the second thing is I, I would just get honest, like even to have a little bit of time to be self-reflective, you know, as men, we're not uber self-reflective, although we could be if we brought more attention to it, mm -hmm. to take some time and just review your life, to look back and say, like, how did this actually go for me? Because that's when things started to change for me, when I got real about how my past went. You know, so to look back, just take whether it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, it doesn't even have to be that long. Look back at your life, look back at your sexual experiences and ask yourself, like, how did this actually go for me? And then you'll, get, you'll be able to see where the work is for you as opposed to already be good. Yeah, I mean, ju judge your life by the fruits that you bear. And if you don't like what you've made, Make new choices. Take new Absolutely. Actions. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. You've got a lot of neat businesses and other ventures. Uh, one I definitely want to hit on is the uh, cacao ceremonial drinking chocolate. Because I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with cacao. I just put it in my smoothies. I know it's like a superfood, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, what, what, am I, what am I missing out? What, so what is the ceremonial cacao about? Yeah, cacao is actually another plant medicine. A lot of people don't know that, and it's not going to have you – you know, it's not a psychedelic plant medicine like maybe cannabis or ayahuasca or San Pedro or anything like that. It functions a little bit differently, but it's known as a heart medicine. So what it's really great at is giving us access to our heart, to our emotional body, especially for men. Ceremonial grade cacao is different from regular cacao in the sense that it's a whole bean. So instead of separating the butter and the powder, we keep it together. It's a native strain of cacao, meaning it's a strain or a species that mother earth created on her own. It was, it's not a hybrid. It wasn't manufactured in a lab. It's not a clone strain. It came from mother earth. And the other part is that it's minimally processed. So we don't put it through giant industrial equipment and blend it down until there's no essence of what it was before left. You know, it's, it's allowed to be what it, what it was meant to be. And when you drink that, you actually interact with the spirit of that medicine, kind of like when you drink ayahuasca, you interact with the spirit of ayahuasca. And the cacao spirit is a feminine spirit. She's really good at getting you introduced to your feminine body, your feeling body, which for men uh, might seem a little odd. But she's also great at connecting you with your uh, creativity as well. So cacao is another profound way where they're ceremonially that we can connect with our creative side. Very cool. So, uh, I really appreciate you doing the work on yourself and sharing it with the world, uh, being open. So encouraging, giving permission for other men, especially men, but all humans to be more open about their sexual experiences, about 
um, what they're missing out on, what they're comparing themselves to, all of, all of that nonsense. That, that seems to be our sexual baggage that is uh, waning on our sexual energy. So uh, I really appreciate all that you've done and your time um, with us here today. What's the best way to learn more uh, about what you're up to and, and to discover everything you never learned about sex, the book, where to get it? Yeah, it's available out on every platform now. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound. Uh, just search everything you never learned about sex. If you want to find me, you can go to my website, www.michaelmcpherson.co, C-O. And uh, you can also find Ceremonial Grade Cacao at our website, flycacao, K-A-K-A-O, flycacao.com. And uh, there's a lot of information about me and my wife on there as well. Cool. Awesome. Again, thanks for being here. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll have all the links mentioned um, for all of Michael's, not efforts. What do I want to say? Creations, expressions. Well, they'll be found at realmenfeel.org on the blog, the show notes for this episode. Uh, easy tracking down everything. We'll connect you with, uh, with his socials too, as well, if you're into that. Again, thank you for sharing your sacred energy with us today. And uh, everyone listening, be willing to explore your own. Like, do something different. Hold on, you know, have some intention the next time you have sex. Or when if you're reaching for porn, just pause a moment and see what, what's automatically going there and what's, what are you really feeling? Are you avoiding something? You're trying to get something else? Just give yourself that space to, to feel and to notice what, uh, if it's actually serving you. Mm-hmm. All right. So profound. Awesome. So until next time, visit realmenfeel.org for all, all the links, information, past episodes, future episodes. If you're time traveling, I guess you could find future episodes. I don't know what that means by telling you that. But uh, during it all, be good to yourself. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Contact us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about author, coach, and healer Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would help us greatly if you gave a review wherever you are listening right now.